Our guest today is Shannon Morris. Shannon is the Service Excellence Manager at Children's National Health System based in Washington, D.C. Shannon is a seasoned organizational development specialist, trainer, and certified executive and leadership development coach. Shannon specializes in helping teams and individuals uncover opportunities and adapt to complex workplace demands. Shannon will be speaking at the fifth annual Patient Experience Summit hosted by Cleveland Clinic from May 18th through the 21st. Shannon's talk at the summit will be the power of peer coaches, leveraging the grassroots passion for patient experience. Shannon, thanks for being with us today. I'm very excited. If you would, please tell us about Children's National Health System for our listeners who are not familiar with the organization. Of course. Um, we are the exclusive provider of pediatric care in the D.C. area. Um, we have probably about 38 locations throughout the um, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area. We have um, about 303 inpatient beds with nearly 15,000 annual admissions, two emergency department locations with, I want to say about 120,000 visits annually, and uh, numerous outpatient uh, sites throughout D.C., so outpatient being specialty clinic as well as primary care. Wow, that's a so big pretty, organization doing a lot of work. Pretty big. Yeah, pretty big. So when you refer to peer coaches in the context of patient experience, are you referring to patient peer coaches? Uh, in your case, that would be parents or to staff peer coaches or both? Uh, for the benefit of our listeners, also, what is a peer coach? Sure. Um, so actually, our program is made up of employees who volunteer to be trained and developed as peer-to-peer -peer coaches. Uh, it's designed for those individual employees to act as influencers of, cha of change, so change agents, uh, supporting staff and creating conversations about how we can provide uh, better service or better serve our families and patients. Um, we focus on a variety of techniques, so we um, teach both safety techniques, but we also teach uh, ways in which how to recognize certain behaviors that we want to encourage and how we might alter or influence those behaviors that we don't necessarily want to see. So our coaches are really role models and champions for the patient experience through peer coaching and influence of their colleagues and other staff. So how long has Children's National Health System utilized peer coaches? We've had peer coaches probably for the last six years. Um, since 2008, and we initially established the COACH program through our patient safety program. So we um, ha harnessed the power of the grassroots, uh, especially with a very small team of dedicated staff to these initiatives, and rolled the program out. I've been um, co-managing this program for the last four years with our patient safety partners. Tell us why and how are peer coaches effective? Um, there's lots of great research, but also just um, really great sort of on the ground uh, perspective about how they're effective and just the concept of peer coaching. We leverage um, the International Coaching Federation's curriculum and their um, methodology around coaching and the concept of coaching. And I'll just share that uh, as well because I think that's kind of important as a framework when we think about, um, they define it as coaching as partnering with people in a thought-provoking and cre creative process that inspires them to maximize their personal and professional potential. 
So our peer coaches um, allow us, we have, like I said, very small teams, and we have uh, 42 locations in totality and uh, over 6,000-plus employees. So when you have very small staff who are dedicated to these initiatives, you need individuals to sort of help us to champion um, our programs around safety and service in the pockets where we're not able to be as highly visible and with a degree of frequency. So the coaches are, are really a fabulous resource for helping us to achieve some of our institutional goals um, to be out there. Um, coaches often refer to themselves as sort of cheerleaders for our program. And um, we have coaches throughout the organization who are both either clinical and we have people who are non-clinical who work in our finance department, for example, uh, to really be ambassadors for improving uh, the culture of our organization. And so from that perspective, um, we find that that peer-to-peer -peer contact, when you have someone that's sort of recognized and as a role model, someone that people go to uh, for advice or in confidence, and we recruit in with those sort of thinking in mind, um, we find that those individuals are, tend to be more effective in helping to the organization to get to the tipping point of the culture that we really want to embrace. That's really interesting. So how do you decide or who you're going to designate or invite to be a peer coach? Um, so there's a couple of different ways that <laughs> coaches come to us. Some sort of hear about the program and are really intrigued and excited. Uh, we get other coaches that nominate coaches. Uh, we managers that nominate staff and their teams that they really want to have um, participate in the program, and they essentially go through a vetting process. So, for example, if a coach self-selects in, we would vet with their manager because it ends up being a very collaborative relationship between the coach and if there's multiple coaches in an area and the manager. So really partnering in that area on institutional goals, on making sure that the interventions that they're doing in their area are what you know we are focusing on as an institution. So if we're focused on lean, are these particular initiatives that you're trying to undertake, can they collaborate or um, reinforce some of that work as well? So um, from that perspective, we interview the coaches. We encourage them to attend at least one of our monthly meetings so they can kind of get a sense of what the program is about, um, sort of dive into it a little bit more, and um, what our expectations are. And then they're trained and mentored and really focused on honing those coaching skills. Uh, so who does the training and mentoring? Other peer coaches? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, so it's been mostly the program leaders, so myself and uh, about two or three other um, program leaders that we rotate uh, based on, you know, where our expertise lies and developing a curriculum. So we end up actually facilitating monthly meetings as a form of communication along with other materials that we provide them monthly and or um, sometimes bi-monthly. Bi um, and so we provide content, if you will. We provide training in the course of the month on a particular curriculum topic. And sometimes we do have coaches who come up and they will share stories. There's a lot of um, where, you know, when we think about adult learners, uh, I like to think about the model of tell me, um, show me, let me. And so we do a lot of that where we might talk about something in particular. We might show it to them or demonstrate, like, how do you coach on a crucial conversation? What does that scenario look like? And then we actually have them break into groups and do it. Or um, for those that are on our WebEx who access the class or the training through um, the Internet, we have um, somebody who's designated as the facilitator for that. 
Well, that's really interesting. I guess my next question would be, how do you measure the effectiveness of a peer coach? So there's a variety of ways that we do that. Uh, we Sometimes we go out to the specific areas and we actually work with them to see, you know, what are, what are the things that you're working on? How are you bringing this information back? We will collaborate with the managers to make sure we have a clear understanding of what it is that, um, you know, they're doing and is their coach involved. And so those are some of the ways. Sometimes we, um, from the perspective of we know that our coaches tend to be very, um, they're concrete. And so from that perspective, they really want to have some, like, hands-on, show me how to do this. And so in the course of those meetings, we do an annual retreat as well. Um, we do uh, socials and, and other networking type events. There are ways in which we're able to get them to demonstrate their level of comfort um, with regard to some of the practices that we want to see. It's not always right. easy for them to, <laughs> to coach a crucial conversation. So even getting them sure. to just practice it, it can be um, very enlightening for them too. So how do you keep a peer coach motivated? Well, gosh, um, there's a lot that goes into it. I would say the great thing about our coaches, because it is at the grassroots level, we have um, really highly committed and dedicated coaches, uh, people who have a strong passion for making the experiences of our patients and families um, that much better and really wanting to transform and have a significant impact on the organization. So a lot of them are very sort of self-directed and self-motivated. So from that perspective, it's, uh, it makes our job a little bit easier because they're highly passionate. Um, they really are ambassadors to this work. And so we just create, create a curriculum. We involve coaches. We do the best that we can support them. And some of the examples of that are we visit all of our extended locations every single year. We meet with coaches. We organize um, socials and networking in addition to our monthly curriculum. We um, work with them on specific projects. Just today I was talking to a coach about, hey, I really want to do a service, service boards, um, you know, bulletin boards around service. What are some really creative, fun things I could do and that would spark some other groups to do the same thing? So there's a variety of ways in which we try to keep them motivated. Um, our annual retreat, retreat this year, we focused on crucial conversations and then resiliency and how do you maintain that. And so I think we continue to feed the professional development and sort of um, non-technical aspect of the skills that our coaches really want to get better at. Tell me, what are some of the challenges that you face in maintaining a successful peer coaching program? <laughs> Um, it's, it's a little challenging to right now demonstrate return on investment. Um, and so, you know, you have this individual that you are investing in every month and they're going back and sharing this information, but it's hard to measure that. Um, it's, or I should say it's not easy. We don't have a exact science to say, boy, you have, a, you bring back a lot of information and you're seen as a role model. How do you, how do you put a dollar sign on that? How do you, how do you equate value? Um, and so I think that's just a, you know, a challenge that's ongoing and something that we're working on trying to get a little bit better at or come up with some different strategies and ideas around that. Um, we did transition our program. So initially when we rolled it out, it was just an observation and audit type of program where we would just get people to go and, hey, go observe this particular person's um, or this number of people this month's behaviors and then come back and report like how many positives, how many negatives did you see, both on the safety and our service side. 
And we moved away from that to really focus on these non-technical skills because we felt like that was where we're going to get more from that and grow um, our team of coaches in a different way and get them sort of make it more thought-provoking. So that was a bit of a transition in holding coaches accountable in a slightly different way than we had previously, and and we saw that happen. But it's been very successful, that transition. Um, I like to say when thinking about some of the challenges as well is just making sure that we're available to effectively support them. Uh, again, in such a large organization, even if there's five of you um, and you have 250 coaches, that's still a lot of people. <laughs> so um, just trying to figure out strategies where we can effectively have them use social media or connect with each other when they have ideas and brainstorm. And those are things that we're in the process of working on. How um, would you recommend that an organization get started if they want to establish a peer coaching program? So, I, I mean, I, I, when I was thinking about um, sort of how, what, what advice, even for the presentation <laughs> doing at Cleveland Clinic, uh, what I would recommend, I think starting in a more open way. So recruiting people, making it clear that you're, you're looking for role models and champions um, and not necessarily the fix-it. Uh, type of of program where you're getting someone who needs to have some behavioral um, or performance uh, improvements happen, but being very open to the type of individual that you're going to get who's very passionate about this work and take it from there and maybe start with that auditing process only from the perspective of getting people familiar with the vernacular in your institution. If there isn't already, we were also implementing um, our safety program, and so getting people um, acclimated to what SBAR was and, and things of that nature. So that, that would be one strategy uh, to get started. And I think, you, you know, you can scale this. You can go in one particular area. You can scale it up. You can tackle it across the organization. There are many different ways in which to actually start, but it's just figuring out what's your um, – passion and what's going to ignite your staff and how do you rally people and how do you go about recruiting them. So I really think maybe starting from that perspective of um, auditing and being very open with your recruitment, uh, we've gotten far more restrictive, if you will, with regard to our expectations over time. Initially, we didn't have, you know, we wanted people to attend a certain number of meetings, but we were very lax about um, if they made it or not. But now we're, we're much more restrictive and say, you know, You've got to do X number, 80% at least per year, um, just because we wanted people to come and participate. And over time, we've gotten a little bit more um, prescriptive. Shannon, this has been great. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to be with us today and share your uh, great uh, information with our listeners. Uh, Our guest today has been Shannon Morris, uh, Service Excellence Manager at Children's National health system based in Washington, D.C. Again, Shannon will be speaking at the 5th Annual Patient Experience Summit hosted by Cleveland Clinic from May 18th through the 21st on the topic of the power of peer coaches. And to our subscribers, thanks for listening and stay tuned for more podcasts with speakers at Cleveland Clinic's Patient Experience Summit. Stuart Gandolf and I will also be speaking at the summit where Healthcare Success Strategies is a supporting partner.